Hey everyone and welcome to another episode of Great People TV, our first episode for February 2023. As usual, you're with me, Ben Ibrahim, and today we're talking about one of my favorite sports, basketball. And the topic is how one can help grow our wonderful sport right here in Asia. And here to talk about that topic and much, much more is the CEO of the East Asia Super League, Matt Bayer. Matt, how are you? I'm doing very well. Thank you for having me on the show, Ben. Uh, I've been looking forward to this for a while. Oh no, thanks for saying that, Matt. We've been, you know, tracking you down for quite some time, and it's really great that you've taken the time out of your extremely busy schedule to be with us here today. And for those of you who don't know, Matt has a very strong background, not just in sports management, but he's also worked in some big communications and advertising agencies and companies. And his passion for basketball, and he can speak fluent Mandarin, which is always a big plus point. In this part of the world. So, Matt, before we get into the topic, can you just tell our audience how a guy from Milwaukee learned how to speak Mandarin and ended up here in Asia trying to grow the wonderful sport of basketball? Sure. Yeah. I mean, it, it was just like the Matrix. I woke up one day with a cord in the back of my head, and no, I'm joking. Um, so, <laughs> I, it's, I, I, uh, <laughs> I have a brother and sister who are adopted from China, and so that was really what got me interested in in China and uh, I originally after high school I moved to China and I wanted to um, just to uh, understand more about their culture their background and uh, I guess to be uh, a better big brother and it eventually became um, one year was two years and then now two years has been over 20 years um, uh, living in greater China and uh, now uh, my wife is Chinese um, and so I, uh, right. I, it's, it's just, uh, you know, part of, part of life now is, uh, this, uh, I guess cross, uh, cultural identity. Um, and then it, it really, uh, changed my life. And, and then it, it changed my life again when I, I had the opportunity to work in basketball with the China connection. Right. Now, just a subset, sub question of what you just said for many American people who move over to the Asian culture. What is the greatest learning curve from a cultural point of view in terms of assimilating to the Chinese culture? I mean, I know this is a, this you can answer this in many, many ways, but from your perspective, I think that, I think a big one is, um, really the, the, the change in mindset from a really individualistic culture in the West to, um, a collectivist culture in the East and to understand, um, what that really means and, uh, experience it on a, on a, um, you know, regular basis and, and just sort of, uh, to adapt to one's mindset to it. And, um, uh, I think, I think always being open to, to new ideas and, and, and ways of doing things that are in the various cultures, uh, was something that I had the advantage of learning pretty early when I moved to China when I was 18. And then, um, you know, being able to, um, just sort of apply that even at, on in East Asia Super League as we enter into new geographies. It's it's just a good mindset to to be in is like always ready for something new and uh, to sort of um, try to learn, um, approach with curiosity and withhold judgment um, in the process. Fantastic, great! It's a great answer. You you hit that right on the nail on the head. I think I'm gonna take that answer and give it to all my new expat friends who come to Asia and say, look, 
this is what Asia is all about. But what Asia is all about is also about the East Asia Basketball League. Tell us about that league, not just from a basketball perspective, because I always tell non-basketball people and moms that basketball is the ultimate entertainment product. Put a basketball in your child's hands that, that you and the family are going to have a lot of fun. So how does the East Asia Super League fit into that concept? Yeah, so I, I think East Asia Super League, is, we're, we're dedicated to being the premier uh, basketball entertainment experience in, in our region. So we cover greater China, Japan, Korea, the Philippines. Um, I think what, what we offer as a value to the league's uh, teams and fans is really um, creating a platform that's, that's a, a goal for the domestic teams to achieve and to reach a, a level of international competition through qualification in their domestic leagues where... Uh, that didn't really exist before. All of the leagues were sort of playing in their own silos. And uh, now there's a, a chance to uh, go for a, a larger goal um, at a higher level. And so that's uh, that's really what, what it is. And, and then I think it's building bridges between the basketball cultures and um, having a, a cross-pollination uh, of the fan bases and uh, experiences for the fans that... Um, transcend their their own borders and what they're used to and um there's sort of there's so much content and so many rich stories that exist in all of these basketball ecosystems and we have a footprint of 1.7 billion people in in the markets that we serve and um there's really something for everyone sort of outside of their own country or territory and that's what's really exciting so what is the unique selling point of the East Asia Basketball League? And I'm not talking about a basketball perspective because you don't have to convince a person like me, but you've got to convince you know, people who are traditionally following football or what you call soccer in the United States. <laughs> you know, And how do you plan to convert them over? How do you plan to bring people who like to go to the opera or the theater and say, look, basketball is so much more fun. It's not my fun. Yeah. I, I mean, I would say for that, that, that that really it's that we aim to offer a 24 seven uh content ecosystem for fans so if you want to watch a very well-produced game and uh see the best of the best in the region playing against each other in prime time and celebrating local heroes with a well-produced broadcast or a great in-game experience you can find it with us if you're really uh you can't pay attention for that uh, long to watch a game, then we have everything from five-second videos up to our reality series, which is in, in production with uh, episodes of 45 minutes done at a cinematic quality, and we have everything in between. So say you like the fashion around the game or you want to understand, you uh, you think that uh, some of these players are pretty good looking and you want to, you know, learn more about like how, what's their fashion routines or, or, uh, what type of music do they listen to? We tell those types of stories and we want to give access to the fans of like the game from a human, uh, personality entertainment behind the scenes driven perspective that, uh, hasn't really been told in the past because, uh, with, with a lot of the domestic leagues, you see, you see a great game product and, the, the game is played, uh, the game ends, there there might be post-game press, press conference or uh, interviews, and then everyone kind of goes home. But what we're, what we're trying to do through our platform is to really create that huge content uh, ecosystem where we can be uh, helping to create stars uh, 
that are on the same relevance in society as uh, your singers or movie stars or your uh, television drama stars. And so I, I think that's that's really like our approach to it. So we're not federation driven or, um, you know, uh, the same uh, packaging as a national team game We're we're aiming to be entertainment first. Right. Look, thank you for sharing that. And just a couple more questions on that, because you've spoken about the entertainment side. Let's talk about the high performance side before we wind up the conversation. In terms of, you know, countries like the Philippines, very, very passionate about basketball. It's a, it's a religion over there. And, it's a, and Philippines is a very religious Christian country. So the joke that my Filipino friends always say to me, yeah, sport is as big as God. You know, how, but yet they have not got to the Olympics as yet. Okay. And other country, I mean, with the exception of China, other Asian countries have the talent, but you know, do, I mean, do struggle to get there. Where can East Asia Super League bridge that gap, you know, in terms of from a high performance perspective, getting these mad nations or not so mad nations to the Olympics, to the world championships and not there just to make up the numbers, but there to really compete, to be on the podium? Yeah, I think that's a great question. Um, it Really, it's it comes down to offering a larger pool of players, higher level competition. And uh, that enhances the level of the national teams. And um, that that also enhances the, the uh, certainty of seeing more Asian players entering the NBA, uh, European leagues, uh, Australian league, um, these other leagues at a higher level. Um, you know, if, if you look at, like, for East Asia Super League, we have, uh, for each of our geographies, two representative teams. So we're we're eight-team format, and in 2024, we're going to expand to a 16-team format. So nice. when, you have, when you have this uh, eight-team format, then that means that they're on the roster, there's 24 players from each country or territory. And so that, that would be um, potentially in that group of 24 players, you have three or four that are on the national team of their given country or territory. And that means that you're going to have that... Uh, two or three players that have never been on the national team or never been exposed to international competition that are going to go off in the game. And then you're going to have national team coaches saying, Hey, I want them for my squad next time. And then those players are going to elevate. And, uh, so I'd say like for the national teams, we, we would offer like a, a scouting platform. And, uh, for if you're, you know, coming from an NBA program or a top European team or, uh, the Australian teams, uh, you know, the, there should be scouts paying attention to our games. And, and you know, we have those videos of, of the games that are available for, for scouting. And uh, our, our Final Four will be a great viewing experience. And um, we're also um, planning industry events for stakeholders in the industry to network and, and uh, get to know each other. And so that's that's really the goal is to expose a larger pool of players to higher level competition if you look back to europe like in the early to mid 90s there is only a handful of european players in the nba but for that you look to today uh 25 years later after uh there's been international club competitions uh happening in europe for so many years and and look at the the size of the European contingent in the NBA. Look at every single draft that happens, how many European players there are. 
um, you know, every single NBA team now has a handful of European players. And uh, if you look at all of the national teams from from uh, Europe and, and you know, the Australian national team, um, it's it pretty much just stacked with NBA stars. And so the that. global game is becoming so international now that it's it's not just dominated by the Americans. Um, it's 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 a truly global game. Um, and Asia in my opinion, has uh, great mature uh, basketball leagues. If you look at like the Philippine PBA, as you mentioned, they're crazy about basketball. It's the second oldest professional basketball league in the world after the NBA. But because we haven't seen this uh, game presented on a regular basis on a regional level, except for national team games, which don't have such a high frequency, uh, those stars are not being minted uh, as quick as, as is happening in Europe. Fantastic. And any, could you just tease, I mean, how does the breakdown of the quota of imports in the league work? Can you just tell us about that? And also as a subset to that question, any stars that, you know, you can tell us about who are going to be playing in this season? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. So we have EASL Champions Week um, coming up March 1st to 5th. This is our first, uh, game on the court since covid um and we're very excited about that we compressed what was originally intended to be our home and away season into a 10 game two city format in japan in partnership with the japan b league um so uh and then we'll start our home and away season as originally intended in october this year um and so we have the eight teams which originally qualified for EASL back at the end of June 2022 playing in in the tournament. So if you look, um, we have, of course, uh, the the Japan B-League. Um, we have on, on the Brex stars like uh, the legend uh, Yuta Tabuse, he's still playing, um, Makoto Hajima, um, Isaac Fotu on the Ryuku Golden Kings. We have uh, Kita Imamura, Jack Cooley. Uh, Ryuchi uh, Kishimoto, um, and then on the Korea KBL, we have uh, really uh, strong players like um, from SK Kim Samong, Chun Jun Yoon, uh, Jamil Warney. On KGC, we have Ose Kun, Moon Gong, and Byung Jun Hung. Sorry for screwing up all of their their names. Um, and um, we have uh, on um, the for uh, we have uh, on on uh, San Miguel Beer, we have. Uh, Terrence Romeo, Jimmar Fajardo, um, these are these are all household names um, in, in the Philippines because of the popularity of the basketball. Um, we have on the Bay Area Dragons, um, Miles Powell, Andrew Nicholson, um, Ju Songwei, uh, uh, Liu Chuan Sing, our, our seven foot four guy on the team. Um, seven foot four. Whoa, whoa. Yeah, uh, or two point two six meters. Um, so it's massive. Uh, we also have. Uh, on on the Fubon Braves, we've we've got stars uh, like uh, Lin Jujie, who's uh, been terrorizing um, and breaking ankles uh, now into his late thirties. Um, uh, guys like uh, uh, Chris Johnson, who played in China Basketball Association and all, all rounders and in the in the NBA. So um, there's going to be great stars in ESL Champions Week. It's going to be very exciting, um, and. Um, just the the way that the format works is that each team gets two import players on a 12-man roster and then we can also have an asian import player from 
the other countries in the in our geographies. And so yeah. um, that's uh, that's how that works. Or the teams can play a naturalized player if they if they count as uh, as local players in in their own league uh, naturalized, which uh, some of the leagues have as well. So it's a choice between an Asian import or a naturalized player. Yeah. Right. Cool. Cool. Yeah. In the in the in the competitions that I've commented on, sometimes they call it the heritage import. So right. Very very similar. So look, everyone, um, very very exciting stuff. Where can our audience find out a little bit more about this league, Matt? Because it sounds like the way you're going, I think a lot of people will be tuning into your Instagram, your social media handles to get that five second entertainment or more. So can you tell us there's some websites, some social media handles where where audience can people can go to to get entertained with the East Absolutely. Asia Basketball League? Yep. Yes. Yeah, so, so we have 29 social media accounts that are maintained uh, across. Yes. So in, in Chinese, Chinese, Japanese, Korean, English. Uh, so everything that we do is in multilingual, and uh, you can go to www.easl.basketball uh, to find out more. And uh, we'll also be next week on Tuesday releasing um the news about the broadcast networks across the region so we have great uh broadcast exposure across all of asia for uh easl champions week and um it, it so we're we're expecting to have uh somewhere between 150 and 200 million viewers for that 10 game uh tournament uh watching us and so uh we just welcome fans from anywhere to enjoy uh, top basketball into uh, you know especially our fans in Asia seeing local heroes in prime time well we can't wait for that to happen Matt look Matt it's been a very very good discussion you've made because sometimes when we speak sports in Asia I'm sure you know what I'm talking about sometimes when you speak to people oh, I work in sports and things like that they sort of look at you and say oh you look a bit alien because they don't know too much about the product and what people like yourself and other people and myself are trying to do as well, we're just trying to simplify such a great entertainment product like basketball and bring it to people. And when I say people, not just on the TV screens, but putting a basketball in their hands so they can really, really enjoy the sport. So we wish you, on behalf of Great People TV, thank you for your time. We wish you thank all you. the best for this coming season. One final request, because it, it's viewers always go crazy when they see a Western man speak Mandarin. So can you say something to our audience, you know, all around the world in Mandarin, why they should come and watch the East Asia Super League? Uh Well even though I did not know exactly what Matt said, I know exactly what Matt said because in basketball you don't need much translation. So in the all well, in the only in one of the only few Mandarin words I know Toy, 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 toy. Exactly what Matt said. Matt Bayer, thank you so much for your time. And thank you, everyone, for watching Great People TV. Until our next episode, Matt, all the best and be in touch. Thank you very much, Ben. Have a great day. See you. You too.